Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Waltz, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we're back with our second show, even though the season hasn't started yet, but plenty of Duck news. And as we talked about, we're going to try and do a show every week uh, this coming season like we did in the past. I'll break down a little bit what's going to be on the show. We're going to first talk about the Falk trade again. It came up uh, again in the news as to why he did not come to Anaheim. We'll also talk about in the second segment about Patrick Laine. Finally, that is done and over with. He is not coming to Anaheim as we talked about. And we'll also talk about some other RFAs as well in that segment. In our third segment, we'll talk about the preseason, how the Ducks finished strong, and we'll unfortunately talk about some of the injuries that they incurred as well. And then we'll move on. We'll talk about our favorite, uh, I guess, company news website, The Score, and what they had to say about the Ducks, about being super exciting to, to not watch the Ducks, I guess. But we'll talk about that. We'll go into some of the waivers and roster moves that the Ducks uh, did in the last couple days, along with what we think the possible lineup will be. The Ducks are almost down to that 23 roster spot in our uh, fourth segment. And then in our fifth segment, we'll talk about the Western Conference, uh, specifically the Pacific Division and who will make the playoffs. And we'll also wind up with our league news segment that Eddie likes to do to cover everything. And then, of course, our you know announcements at the end as well. So going back, you know, if you didn't listen to us last week, we covered the, the Falk and, and Line A news, and we'll go with the Falk thing just real briefly. Uh, I guess, Eddie, you and I were both right. I think there was a full moon out or something, but we found out that you know Falk was not coming to Anaheim, but you had talked about him wanting to be on a contending team, and I talked about Murray uh, not wanting to do seven years, and we found out uh, from a couple different reports and articles out there that that was the case. So, hey, uh, you and I were actually both right on the same time for once about something. Yeah, it's kind of rare, huh? I think we should go buy a lottery ticket, and I think we might win something. I mean, if, if I buy a super lotto ticket and just win my $2 back, I'll be happy with that because I, I think I only won one time when I won $2, and I was in the store freaking out about it. It was my first time when actually winning a super lotto of only $2, but it's one of those rare things when we both hit it and we're both right. I mean, hopefully it continues through the season. We're right more often, but, I mean, you can't really, can't really win them all. Yeah, and there was a lot of fervor about that Falk rumors that came out. They were talking about Kase being traded. Everybody had their pitchforks up and went crazy. Obviously, the trade didn't go through. He ended up going to St. Louis, a contending team like he wanted to. So we did talk more in depth about that in the last show. Again, we're not going to go over it. Just just wanted to mention that those were the reasons why uh, he did not come to Anaheim. So uh, if you didn't hear all that, you can uh, listen again, like I said, on the, on the previous show. And then we also talked about Liney on the previous show. And he ended up getting his extension with the Jets. So now that rumor's over and dead. But the funny part about this, Eddie, I actually didn't mention this before we were uh, game planning our show. I actually had uh, some people hit me up again thinking that I was the one that posted the Line A news on social media. So if you didn't listen to the last show or you didn't talk to me personally or whatnot, I was not the one that ran that Twitter account. I don't know who it was or who posted it. So that account is now deleted as well. So I have no idea what's going on with that. But we know that Line A did not come to the Ducks. And we mentioned that that wasn't going to happen on the last show anyway. So that is over and dead with. As far as some of the other RFAs out there, some more were signed. And I know, Eddie, you wanted to talk about a couple of them. We also had a fan question about, you know, who else would the Ducks try to go after because they didn't get Falk. So I'll let you kind of talk about some of that at this point. Well, to touch back on the Line A rumors, I don't think they're going to be dead. Uh, that fake Mike, whatever Walters he was, uh, he deleted his account. He, he did what he, he basically did his job as a troll. It stirred everybody up. So I guess congratulations to him on that part. It's unfortunately you're still getting messages about that. He has the no clause, so he could be traded to any team. So I expect these trade rumors to pick up, especially if the Ducks aren't doing well and he's not really performing over there in Winnipeg. I hope, you know, if trade rumors get picked up soon, it's going to be someone credible and not just some random account that, that says they have X amount of years. But about Line A, he's a really good scoring player. He's a real streaky player, though. If you look at his stats, there's multiple games that he has multi-goal games, including, I think, one against St. Louis. He scored five goals, but then he goes in a drought and doesn't score any. So if he starts that 
that little dip in production and that streaky play he did last season and is not producing enough for Winnipeg, I, I think the rumors are going to bounce back up. And, of course, if you see his name in the rumor mill, Anaheim's name is going to go thrown out there because anyone that gets waived or any rumors about a player getting traded, for some reason everyone thinks they're coming to Anaheim. But So I don't expect those rumors to be dead, but I, I hope he has a good season over there. He's still young, and he, he has a lot of talent. He just needs to step up his game and, and be more consistent. As far as the other restricted free agents, Miko Rantanen from the Colorado Avalanche signed a six-year, $55.5 million contract with an AAV of 9.25. I think his contract dips a little bit the, the second to last year when they had to sign players like Landis Cog and McKinnon, re-sign them, I think Kale McCarr, their uh, supposedly superstar defenseman, their contract soon, so... Uh, that's a good contract for both parties, so it makes the the Marner contract look kind of, ugh. Sorry, Toronto. And also, uh, Kyle Connor signed a seven-year, fifty million dollar contract with an AAV of seven point one four two million. I think that's a really good signing, a long term. That kid has a lot of potential, and I think he's really going to blossom and become like an elite superstar for the Winnipeg Jets. So. That kind of does it for the RFAs of the big-time RFAs. Another one that's kind of lingering out there is Julius Hanka from the Dallas Stars. He's one of the the free agent, the restricted free agents to mention that hasn't been re-signed yet. Apparently, he asked for a trade to get out of Dallas. He wants a change of scenery and be more productive and play more because Dallas scratched him about 30-plus games at the, toward the final end of the season. I mentioned him. He's a right shot defenseman. The Ducks are looking for that. They were in on Shattenkirk. They were on Falk. Unfortunately, they didn't get them. So I think this is one of the bargain Bob deals that he might try to to get this guy. He's mostly known as an offensive defenseman, has a greedy style of play. However, he lacks more like the defensive responsibility. And that's something that we don't need in Anaheim. We saw that all the shots getting peppered. We need someone that that can play more of a two-way game. Um, Dallas is looking to, to get a mid-round pick uh, for him. He's still a restricted free agent. He hasn't trained with the team or anything. He only had four points in 29 games last season, and all those were assists. Uh, it, it might work out. He gets more an opportunity of a team to, to blossom and be that you know offensive defenseman he's supposed to be. But a lot of issues with, with defense, and I mean, I, I, I can see – Bargain Bob trying to make a, a push for him because they, they want that right shot defenseman. Uh, I think it's just going to plug up a spot for someone else that can actually be more productive. And I don't think we should take a chance on this one. Yeah, and you're going to get no disagreement with me there as well. I mean, we'll talk a little bit later uh, about the rest of the preseason, who's going to make the roster and whatnot. But I really like what I've seen from uh, Gooley. So I, I'd rather have him in the lineup, honestly, than Honka. But I, I hear what you're saying. If they're trying to, you know, do some kind of mid-round pick, maybe that's something that Murray would throw out there and try to add to the defense. But I, I don't see him doing that. I think he wanted a little bit more solid of a guy uh, as a right-handed defenseman. So just the name we wanted to throw out there because we had a, a fan question. Someone asked, hey, is there anybody else out there that, you know, might be on the radar? That's one that, you know, maybe far out there but could still be on Murray's radar. So you may look for that. But as far as the team goes right now, it doesn't look like the Ducks are – are really trying to make any kind of trades, at least at this moment, not that they won't later on in the season. So, uh, you know, and then we, we talked about uh, the preseason on the last show. Uh, the Ducks had only played a couple games and we recorded that show. After that, they actually played uh, L.A. and lost 0-3 in a, in a very frustrating game to watch where the Ducks didn't have a whole lot going right for them in that game. And then the Ducks uh, went on and they won the next three. You know, they beat San Jose 4-1. to They then beat L.A. and the rematch 2 nothing, and they beat Arizona 2-1. to We're not really going to break down those games for you. Obviously, it's preseason. The, the full lineups aren't in there for both teams. And, and, you know, the Ducks did finish the preseason 4-1-1, which is very good. But, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like we said, you're not going with the starting lineups and whatnot. I, I think the biggest thing out of all this preseason that's unfortunate, Eddie, is the amount of injuries that happened, especially in the last game. Uh, Gooley and Gibson uh, went down in that game against Arizona. Everybody was upset about that. Obviously, it looked like Gibson had some kind of lower body injury, maybe tweaked his, uh, his knee or his groin, something like that. Uh, Gooley had a mid-body injury. Not sure if it's that oblique issue that he had from before. And 
as well. We talked about on the last show, Fowler took a puck in the face, but he is okay. Uh, you remember he had that happen to him before last season, which caused him to be out. We know that Steele has a lower body injury, and Kase has been out. He had a, a he took an elbow from Carter in that uh, that first game against the Kings in the preseason. They're not saying if it's a, a you know concussion or upper body injury or anything. They're kind of keeping it under the wraps, but. You know, some concern there, uh, Eddie. A lot of, you know, players, unfortunately, were not even into the first game of the season, which is right around the corner this week. And the Ducks sustain injuries, especially in the last, you know, couple games of the preseason. Yeah, it's something that we're used to now. I mean, it's third season coming in. It, oh, man. I mean, I can always say it's one, two, a few guys getting injured. We're used to it. Yeah, it still sucks. It's unfortunate. I want the team to be healthy. I want them to, to have their best players out in the ice. But it doesn't surprise me. I'm not like, oh, man, this is happening. I'm just like, I'm used to it. I, I got over it. You know, the first time, oh, second time, wait, third time, okay, I, I can deal with it. Hopefully, since they haven't really said anything, haven't really officially announced anything, that all these players will be there and present during opening night and playing, not just present with their suit and tie. Hopefully they're on the ice playing and contributing. But I think Anaheim Ducks fans are used to this, and hopefully we can move forward. And if these injuries do occur and some of these players have to go on IR, I really have confidence that our younger guys can step up. And the ones that were sent down or they haven't been sent down, I think they have a spot for them and they have their chance to shine. So it's kind of a, I guess, the silver lining is we have other players ready to step up and and show the what they can do, especially not making training or not making the team out of the training camp. They might have that extra that that spunk to prove everyone wrong and and kind of make uh, doubt or uh, yeah Dallas kind of question like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have sent this guy down. Maybe I should give him a look. Hey, look how good he's playing these first few games uh, from this injury. So I mean, that's the only silver lining you could think of it. I, I really just hope that we see all these players dress up and play uh, come opening night. Yeah, and I mean, there was good news, too. We did get uh, news from L.A.T. for the Register that was talking about uh, most of these guys are back on ice for practice this week. So at least none of these guys have sat out, uh, you know, completely. They're still out there doing their thing. Um, there was some concern, though. I know Dan Wood was talking about on, on the broadcast on Saturday about some of the players may be on the IR. Uh, he specifically was talking about Steele and Casse. But then, of course, those practice reports came out and, and said they were skating. So there's been nothing listed about anybody being on the IR yet. Uh, uh, you know, it may be a matter of time, and it may affect how the roster goes, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But it's, it's getting narrowed down. The roster is pretty close to being finished. The team should announce it hopefully soon, as the, the first game will get underway this Thursday, as you all know, uh, at home at Honda Center. So... Uh, the Ducks, unfortunately, starting this season out, like we've talked about the last two years with injuries. And another one that came up, too, you and I talked about on the last one, Eddie, is, uh, you know, the, the Corey Perry watch. Uh, news came out that he's not going to be able to start the season for Dallas. So when he comes to Anaheim uh, in that first game uh, back, it may not be his thousandth game unless he's out for longer and comes back in the second game. I don't know. But unfortunate you know that he got traded and now he's not he's not even to start uh for the stars either eddie yeah that's really unfortunate for him i was looking forward to seeing perry play against his former team the emotions that thousand game him and you know man it's just unfortunate a freak accident you call it that i still wish perry the most success he he can have bouncing back in dallas except when he plays the ducks of course but then I wouldn't really get that mad if Corey Perry did score when they came to Honda Center. I think they come in January. We play the Dallas Stars. But it's unfortunate for him. I hope he he heals from there. I hope he has a great season with Dallas and really has a bounce back season and, and gets you know another contract of a little higher value, which every team he resigns with next season if he even going to play that further. But I, I wish him the best and hopefully. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say I hope he's injured and so he can play a thousandth game come January. That's kind of like screwed up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just wish him the best. And it's one of those things, you know, just be careful when you're walking, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. Sometimes players get injured, you know, in the, in the weird ways uh, when they're not on the ice, sometimes when they're at home. So you have to just watch for it. We'll see. Uh, what happens with uh, Corey Perry? Hopefully he's back, uh, you know, at least for that first game uh, when the Ducks do host Dallas at Honda Center. And we'll see what happens at that point. 
Um, also, like we said, the home opener's coming up. We'll probably find out which players are going to be in or out, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on in the show as we'll talk about the roster spots for the offense and the defense. Um, another thing that came up, we talked about the Ducks, and we mentioned on the last show how we were excited because they had a new coach, uh, a lot of young players on this team. You know, we talked about Daddy Getzloff, the veteran leading this team and whatnot. And then this report came out from the score. They analyzed all the teams in the league, and they talked about who was going to be the most watched, you know, team or most watchable team, I guess you would say. And you looked at this list, and of course, everybody got upset, and I don't blame you. We were baffled too, but they had the Ducks as 31 out of 31, basically last on this. And I'll, I'll read what they put on their uh, their website or their article so you guys can all, uh, if you missed it or you don't know what the score is, you're, well, you're probably not going to want to know what the score is, but uh, this is what they said on their website, quote, not even John Gibson's best efforts can make the Ducks watchable, especially after Corey Perry and his occasional antics relocated to Dallas. Anaheim is far and away the least compelling team in the NHL, end quote. So <laughs> I drew the iron from a lot of you out there on social media, and I don't blame you. And, and Eddie, I, I mean, I know we're biased because we're Ducks fans and whatnot. I, I still think the Ducks, I'm not going to say they're going to be the most interesting team uh, this season to watch because then that would be completely biased. But they're definitely in the top half of the league, maybe in the top 10. I mean, what do you think? Uh, the score, uh, who are they again? Uh, they should <laughs> probably worry about their own ratings and who wants to read their ridiculous I don't even know what you want to call that. I, I I really didn't think they were a serious sports information page. I, well, welcome, welcome to them. I, they, I think they're just. I don't think these people know what they're talking about. I believe that Josh and John were the ones that that wrote the article. And I'll call you out by name. You're going to call out my team. And I'm going to call you guys out. You should worry about your content and, and writing a little better and getting fans more you know, involved in the stuff you write. And you're welcome for the free publicity you're getting from our page for that. But we're not going to let you sit here and bash us and bash the Ducks. We have a lot of great fans. Yeah, we might be a little quiet at Honda Center, but I know a lot of people tune in and watch the games. And I, I know a lot of people probably scream at their TV. So we have that fan base. And, and we're definitely not the last place team. Uh, the most uh, unwatchable. I think you're just going. I, I really don't think both of them don't have no idea what they're talking about as far as the standings because they, they. I think they just list off of what NHL Network or, or what what teams are trending. They have Tampa Bay, Colorado, and the Maple Leaves as the, uh, their top three. To round it off, they have San Jose at four and the Blackhawks at five. The Blackhawks being up there, I understand. I know their fan base is, you know, has been great since they won the three cups, and they're hardcore fans from the three cups. But there's a lot of fans that still stick with that team. But to be ranked 31, I mean, come on, we're lower than the Kings. I don't know. Just you're welcome for us actually mentioning your little whatever you call it over there on this show. But you guys are just crazy. You guys should. Probably watch some more games instead of just going off of what NHL Network says of the top teams or whatever. Yeah, I'd like to say uh, the score is wrong, Bob. Uh, I'm sorry. You guys, no. Nah. I, I was never a fan of them anyways. I never really read much of their stuff. But when I saw that, I had to post it just just so everybody can just just look at the ridiculousness of that. I mean, obviously, they don't watch the Ducks. They're talking about Corey Perry. It's like, uh, you know he didn't play most of the last season, so I don't think he's the main focus of the team uh, last year. We have a lot of young players coming up, uh, and like we said, a new coach as well. So there, there's a lot of excitement with this team, and, and we'll talk again a little bit later on, on how we think about the uh, Pacific Division and whatnot, where the Ducks will land up. But no matter what, I think this team is going to be intriguing to see, and they're like I said, they're going to be in the top half of the teams that you want to watch. So the score, whatever, I, you know, I'm over them. And they'll never be a sponsor uh, for us, that's for sure, Eddie. And and that kind of leads into our little segment here that uh, we're getting new sponsors this season. We still have uh, Cool Hockey as one of our sponsors. Uh, they're giving away gift cards every month to our Patreon members, uh, patreon.com slash ducksandpucks where you can get a jersey from them. Any team, we hope you get the Ducks, but you can get any team you want from them. We'll be doing that every uh, month, along with game tickets as well to Patreon members. We also have El Ranchito again, and like we said, we'll be doing watch parties and whatnot uh, throughout the season. And we have a new one that came in, and they're actually sponsoring this show, 
Uh, if you haven't heard of them, they're called Bar Down Breaks, and you can go to their website, bardownbreaks.com. And this is kind of a little spiel that they gave me, and I'll kind of elaborate on what they do. It's, it's kind of a cool thing if you're into hockey cards. Um, so here's their little spiel. They said, uh, you know, do you collect hockey cards, or, or are you just trying to get started? You can join the great card collecting community over at barbreaks.com. Uh, they give you the opportunity to get great cards at a fraction of the price. You can uh, get autographs, game-worn jersey cards, stick cards, and coming from basically any of the biggest stars uh, from the NHL. Um, and you can increase your chances of getting a big hit or buying into a hockey uh, card box. Um, and basically, you can get big-name players for you know, a fraction of the price, as they talked about. If you want to do that and you want to check it out, you can use code DNP10 for 10% off your first order at barbreaks.com, which they talk about is dishing out bigger hits than Josh Manson. So it's something to check out. The way it works is they have boxes of cards. Instead of you going and buying the cards and trying to you know get whatever ones that you want, you can go in there and bid on these cards and basically... Um, you put in for the team that you want. So if you want the Ducks, you put in for the Ducks. Uh, and what they'll do is get everybody together. Everybody puts in for different teams. They'll open up the boxes. Sometimes they'll do the reveals online and on social media. And basically in that box with those group of cards, you get every single player's card for that team in there. So it's pretty cool. There's some cards out there. Like there's a Gretzky card I was I was told that's worth, you know, over five grand. So, I mean, it's pretty exciting. You can go on there, put in the teams you want if you want the Ducks or you want some other team. And it works out pretty good. So uh, check it out, uh, barbreaksdown.com. Um, they're sponsoring the show this week. And um, look, check it out if you like hockey cards. Um, with that, we'll go into basically the second half of the show. We'll talk about a lot of the roster moves that came up. Uh, there was a scare. Uh, Carrick and Sprague were sent down on waivers, and people freaked out, and then they both cleared the waivers, so everybody was not stressed out as much. But there was a lot of emotion about this, uh, Eddie, when uh, obviously not about Carrick, but Sprague, people were really stressed out when he got uh, sent down. And a lot of surprise, but then there were also people saying they weren't surprised. What was your take about uh, Daniel Sprague being uh, sent down to waivers? I was a little surprised. I thought he'd be one of the players that would make a significant jump this season. I saw his videos training hard. He, he really put in the work, but like Dallas Aiken said, the best player is going to play no matter what your role on the team is. Whoever earns a spot is, is going to be the, the best possible player, and unfortunately for him, there's other players that are out playing him, which is good. Competition is good. These players are really going to earn what they get next season. Um, I'm glad no one picked him up. Someone asked a question on, on Ducks and Pucks on Twitter. I, I totally forgot the name when you asked that, but we responded. I'm not sure if Murray went out and tried to make a trade happen. Maybe he, he saw what other teams wanted or needed, and he just kind of poked around. Or maybe he just decided, like, hey, I'm just going to be quiet about this, not really publicly broadcast that I'm going to put this guy on waivers or he's on the block because we all know some certain teams will throw names out there like hey he's on the block and, and everyone goes crazy and he I think he was just kind of hoping to put him on waivers so no one can figure it out and know he can just pass right through which he did so, I mean people had their pitchforks up others left their pitchforks in the closet other people had their pitchforks at low ready not knowing what to do but Regardless, uh, if he would have got way or if he would have got taken by another team, we definitely would have lost that trade when we gave up Marcus Pedersen to the Pittsburgh Penguins, who resigned a one-year, one-way, eight hundred seventy-four thousand dollar contract. Approximately, uh, he's having success as a top-four defenseman on that on that team. He also scored uh, nineteen points last season, two goals, and seventeen assists in the fifty-seven games he did play with the Pittsburgh Penguins. As well as Sprong, this season played 47 games with the Anaheim Ducks, scored 14 goals, 5 assists, and 19 points. So uh, hopefully with Sprong, um, I, I'm not sure what the deal was with that, but he didn't get picked up by a team, whether he starts off in San Diego or he, he stays up with the Ducks. I re really hope that lights fire under his, uh, under his ass. And, you know, he probably came up to camp playing 105%, but maybe he had to crank that up and, if it's possible, play 115% to make this team, especially under uh, this new coach. Yeah, like you said, uh, Sprong, 
has some moves, you know. He can score. He has some shooting ability. A lot of people got upset. Like we said, the pitchforks are down now. Um, I, I think some of it may be that, uh, you know, he doesn't uh, have as much of a defensive two-way game. Maybe that's why some people were like, eh, you could send him down or whatever. I was just a little surprised because when the Kase news came out about him being hurt possibly and then Sprong getting sent down, I was just kind of a little bit shocked about that. But then they said Kase was, was able to practice, so his status is kind of up in the air. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, I guess a calculated move by Murray, and it did pay off because he did clear waivers, so we can all take a deep breath and not worry about it anymore, thank God. Uh, but, yeah, that, that caused a lot of stress, I know, for a lot of you out there um, that, that night leading into the next morning uh, of today when we recorded and, and found out that he did, in fact, make it. So with that, I mean, there, the Ducks did also make one other move. It actually... Um, forgot to mention it kind of leads into a fan question we had from last week about the ECHL you know the Ducks used to have the uh, Utah Grizzlies as their ECHL team they do not have one this season so what the Ducks are going to do is if they're going to send anybody into that league they're going to send them to whatever team can take them so they sent uh, Roman Derny to Norfolk uh, ECHL team you, you remember that the uh, Ducks used to have them as a minor league team in the past but they're not affiliated with the Ducks like I said any ECHL team is just really finding a roster spot for the Ducks so they did move him down there's someone asked about that I don't know if the Ducks will get another ECHL team but they don't have one as of now so that was a little minor move that was made but with that the Ducks sent some more players down. We saw some of them play like Sherwood in the uh, goals game against the Rain at Honda Center. So we're looking at this lineup, and you know you got to get it down to 23 players, and it's it's almost there, Eddie. I mean, if we look at the names on this list, and I'll kind of go in reverse order this time. We know in the goalie position that there's Gibson and Miller. You look at the defense as we talked about before: Lindholm, Manson, Fowler, Gooley. Larson, Delzato, and then Holzer is the seventh, which they could send down or keep. And then it just gets more interesting in the forward situation. You have to send most likely somebody down out of here unless you send, like we said, Holzer down. But of the forwards that you have left, you have Richie, Getzloff, Kasse, Raquel, Steele, Silverberg, Comtois, who we did find out uh, from TVA Sports is making the roster. They put that out today. Um, Henrique, Terry, yes, um, Henrique, Terry, Jones, Shore, Grant, and then probably the three that are most likely on the on the the block: Rowney, Delorier, and Lundstrom. Uh, that's kind of the ones I'm thinking. I, I don't know what your take is, Eddie. I mean, I, I'm glad Comtois got up there. I still think Jones does make it too, but I really think it's down to those other three. I, I think Rowney, Delorier, and Lundstrom. Unless, of course, like we said, uh, Steele and Casse. They mentioned having some injuries. If one of them maybe does get put on the IR, then they keep them all up. That could be an option too. So you might have to look out for that too as well, Eddie. Yeah, it's one of those things. You have no idea what the forwards are, what they're going to do and, and who's going to earn this spot. You know, Like you said, the best player is going to earn. And there's nothing wrong with the Darks playing with six defensemen. They can always recall someone else if they need to. It's not like they have to fly someone. It's probably, you know, from San Diego to Anaheim and, and traffic, you know, probably get there in a day or two. I'm just playing. <laughs> maybe maybe two to three hours to get someone up, and ho- hopefully in San Diego, I, uh, they're running the same similar system as what they're running with the Ducks. So it's not going to be that much of a transition, especially like a player like Holzer. I, Holzer knows his role, and he, and he can adapt to different situations. He was up and down, and he, he knows how to play in San Diego in their style. He knew how to play with the Ducks in their style. So someone like that, you know, we can rely on if we need that. That extra defenseman, if unfortunately we get an injury, there's nothing wrong with keeping in extra forwards and seeing who really pans out and seeing uh, who, who can really make that extra jump and, and really impress the coaching staff. It's going to be interesting to see, but I think the whoever makes the opening night roster, whoever stays up with the team, it really earned a spot, especially this this year's camp, which it was it was uh, close to the public. But I really think that our, our new coach is really putting his foot down and doesn't really care about your status in the team. He just really wants you to to thrive and succeed. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. The Comtois news made me really happy because you and I talked about the, the you know possible lineup uh, back on the, the last show last week, and now it's gotten a little bit more clarity. We had Comtois in the lineup, so it was good to see him on there. 
making it, you know, at least officially by TVA Sports, like we said. So I still think it comes down to some of those other forwards, but we'll see. If someone does get put on the IR, like Dan Wood had suggested might happen, that could change things a little bit. But at least there's some clarity there. Uh, obviously, the team will announce it uh, sometime. You hopefully you listen to this podcast before they do, but they should announce it hopefully before the home opener on Thursday. And, and one little other note, too, they do have a new uh, bag policy, too, as well uh, at Honda Center. So make sure you check that out. They're, they're putting that out there that they have a clear bag policy for all the events. Uh, and they have a little graphic with approved bags and non-approved bags. It's on the Honda Center Twitter account. I'm sure it'll be on the Ducks website. So just prepare for that, folks, when you go to the games now. Obviously, we have the metal detectors, which is kind of the way of the world now, unfortunately. But... Um, they have that policy uh, with the clear bag. So just check for that info on there. Hopefully bring one in so you don't hold up the line, right, Eddie? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, It's really unfortunate that we have to, you know, we have to do that situation. But, you know, it, it's life and it's reality now. And, and you know what? Whatever keeps people safe, I don't mind waiting that extra, extra few minutes to get into the rink. It, it's crazy. A story, when I first got stationed in Colorado, I went to my first uh, avalanche game. And they didn't have any metal detectors or they weren't really wanting people. I accidentally, because I have my CCW permit and for those who know, it is a, in Colorado, you're allowed to carry a, a firearm uh, in your pocket as long as you get a, a concealed carry permit, which is kind of easy to get as long as you're, you know, don't have any felonies, domestic violence, things like that. Uh, you're not like mental, you know, things like that. You can get that. So I forgot I had my firearm. We're running late. I went to the rink. I go to order my beer. I go sit down, and there's a firearm in my pocket. I realize I'm like, holy crap, I brought a gun into a stadium. So at that time, I had one of my buddies. He was my designated driver because I had to drive there, and he was in a drive back. Um, I had him, like, you know, I had to, you know, bribe him at least like $15 to go walk my firearm back to the car and put it in there. It's just crazy how, just thinking now that someone back then, before it got crazy. And this was after the Aurora shooting in Colorado where I was able to just bring a gun in the stadium. It was nuts. So it's unfortunate. It's inconvenient, but it's going to keep everyone safe. Uh, you shouldn't have to worry about being hurt watching a hockey game. But like you said, Mike, it's one of those unfortunate things on the flip side for the positive things changes at Honda center. I did go to the the Kings game, the, the preseason game they had when the ducks won, it was a better win because I went with two Kings fans, so I got to talk shit <laughs> all the way, you know, driving back home. But they actually have, like, dividers in the urinals now. And, I mean, yeah, it's no big deal for adults, but there's a lot of children that use the stalls. And I, I know everyone's not perfect, and there's a lot of, like, disgusting people out there. So I like seeing, like, the dividers in the stalls. So you can't really, like, if a child's, you know, doing their business, someone that's not of good character can't exploit that. So I like seeing that. There's more urinals too. Uh, the ushers are still amazing and polite and friendly. Like they're they're awesome people. There was more Anaheim Police Department and shout out to them keeping Anaheim safe and they're always like friendly and talkative and approachable. So I did like seeing the more police presence at games. It just it makes you that much safer. The new seats, I like the new seats. They're amazing. They're so comfortable and it just they're nice. And I really can't wait to the whole the Honda Center Arena is fitted with those. They're just beautiful, like way better than a uh, Staples Center. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Staples Center. The only bad thing I can say that changed at Honda Center is what I've been crying about from last season and this season. The beer prices went up. Yes, I know it's like seventy-five cents or something, but I don't know. Like sixteen twenty-five sounds better than spending seventeen dollars on a beer. It's just me. Yeah, I kind of went off on a different tangent about talking about the Honda Center changes in the policies, but that's things I noticed. But Hey, we're all going to be safe. I'm going to have to get a, a third job, uh, making more money so I can buy some more beer at Honda Center. So, oh, well, maybe Ducks and Pucks plastic flask. <laughs> yeah, we well, we talked about the beer prices before, and we, we already knew. I mean, they're crazy every event you go to. So, I mean, it is what it is. That's why usually you pregame it somewhere else. I mean, that, that's all I can really say. I'm not, not putting anything down against Honda Center, but, I mean, that's just any sporting event you go to. You, you know what you're getting when you go in there. And, I mean, yeah, you're paying for the beer, but you're also paying for the facility. You're paying for the team. You're paying for a whole bunch of other stuff. And you got to pay the, the salaries of the ushers and the security and having, you know, Anaheim PD and everybody else there. So it is frustrating, though. It's not Vegas. So, I mean, 
I, I remember one time I went to Vegas. I was on leave from the military. I went with my, my ex and, and my buddy and his, his fiance now. And I was like, hey, we went to the Eli Roth, his brand new, like, scary bar. If you guys don't know who Eli Roth is, he's a director or producer that does all the horror films. So I was like, cool, yeah, let's go to that bar. It's going to be cool. Like, oh, let's all take a round of shots. And they want a Patron, which I'm not a tequila guy. I don't really like it. But I, I took it because it's like majority rules. So I was like, hey, I got the first shots. They're on me. So I ordered four uh, Patron shots. I got my bill. <laughs> $105 for four shots. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and then yeah. I get a beer thinking, like, okay, I spent that much money. I'm just going to get a beer. I'm thinking about, okay, maybe $11, $12 a beer. No, it's like $24 for a tall can. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm never drinking again until, like, 20 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Like you said, the prices are nuts, uh, you know, as far as uh, any any sporting arena. But, yeah, that, that's insane. You know, four shots, 100 bucks. that's just crazy. So you got you got to pregame it. Find somewhere else to, to do it. Uh, and, and please, if you pregame it, don't drive to the stadium like that. Get an Uber or a Lyft, you know. Same thing when you're going home. I know we got a lot of those options now, so make make sure that's my little, uh, you know, uh, whatever you call it, public service announcement there for the show. <laughs> Use Lyft or Uber if you're gonna drink before the game or you know at the game and head home. So or, or a taxi if people don't like it, you can do yeah, a taxi too. you can go old school. That's what I had when I grew up. Now date myself a little bit, but don't uh, uh, don't uh, ride a horse to Honda Center if you're drinking too, because apparently I just found out you can get a DUI on a horse in California. I didn't know that. That's true. You can. <laughs> and you get it on a bike, too. <laughs> so be careful. Be careful. Um, one, one little other uh, news that did come up, too, I'll just kind of interject in there, too, is that the, uh, the AHL is expanding. They're getting a team in Palm Springs, and it's going to be uh, the Seattle affiliate. Uh, Eddie, what do you think about that? Love it. I love more hockey teams in this area. Uh, you know, hockey in the desert has, has thrived. Look at Vegas. Look at Air- Look at Vegas. <laughs> no, but you know what? Congratulations to them. It's going to be fun. Another road trip for Ducks fans can go to. Unfortunately, I haven't been in the one in San Diego yet. Bad on me. I'm a bad fan. I, I'm really going to make my way down there this season, especially my buddy uh, who I live with. He's a Kings fan, and he was telling me, like, we went to the Kings game. He was like, man, this is like, he goes, I forgot how fun hockey is. I want to go to more games. And uh, he, he wants to go to the Ontario Rain game. We live close to that area. So I was like, oh, yeah, if you go to the rain game, we should go to San Diego when they play the rain. He's, he's all for that, too, a trip to San Diego. So hopefully I get out there and, hey, we have a new uh, – oh, he's a hockey fan. Hopefully I can convert him. But I would love to take a trip to Palm Springs. haven't been there since middle school. I went camping up, up in the mountains up there. So it would be a little fun. Congratulations to them. Uh, hopefully they have success except when they play the goals. <laughs> You know, the, the thing that caught me there is you said you, you hang out or no, you live with a Kings fan. I, I don't know if I could do that, Eddie. Like, man, you, you're a braver or, or more man of a man than I am. I, I don't know. <laughs> having, to, having to live with a Kings fan? I mean, I, I could take probably any other team, but the Kings, that, that, ugh. How does that well, work? Uh, it's family. Uh, I've I, I known <laughs> his cousins since I was three. We all grew up together, so we're all family. Okay, um, okay. He likes football more and basketball more than anything. So last season, he was a, a good sport. He watched all the the pre, uh, not pre, a uh, playoff hockey with me. I watched a lot of the Avalanche games when they played, and we, we had a little deal. Like, hey, I'd, I'd he'd watch hockey with me. I'd watch basketball with him. So it wasn't too bad watching playoff basketball. Besides, you know, the last two minutes of the game taking like forty minutes because all the timeouts, but. Yeah, and he uh, yeah he had fun going to the Honda Center. He he liked it. He he loved how convenient it was, and he said it was a different atmosphere. It was a little more. Uh, I guess the he said the in LA it gets a little more hectic, like when you're getting out of the arena, things oh, like yeah. that. So LA traffic he, sucks. He did like the jerseys though. He he was like, hey, you know what? I hate the Ducks, but their jerseys are pretty nice. I like them. I'm like, oh, thank you. I'll, I'll be sure <laughs> to pass this forward to anyone who cares about a Kings fan that likes the jerseys. <laughs> Well, at least he's somewhat family, so that works. But uh, the uh, you know Palm Springs, I know some people I saw they were like Palm Springs, like you know, kind of like question mark. I have to tell you, you know, I went there about a year ago, and they're actually developing a lot down there. They're building a uh, ten thousand uh, uh, seat stadium there. Um, they building hotels, all kinds of stuff is, is going into the downtown there. So it's a, it's up and coming. I know some people are like, oh, it's a smaller population and older community, yeah, 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 yeah. But 
They're they're going to get people to turn out there. You watch and see. It, it's it's been changing around there. The downtown area has has gotten much improved in the last couple of years. So I'm excited. You know, e- even if you know they're Seattle affiliate, you know, I'm sure some of the Kings slash Ducks fans will go over there and check out the games as well. And uh, it's good. You know, hockey's expanding in SoCal. So even if it's not the Ducks and it's someone else, I'm all for it. So good news that the the sport keeps developing uh, out in our region. With that, I guess we'll finally shift gears. Uh, we kind of went off on some tangents, but we wanted to fill you up with some other information as well. But we want to talk about the Pacific Division a little bit and how we think it's going to shake out. Uh, last season, the way that the standings went, and then I'll have Eddie kind of break it down what he thinks, and I'll fill in. But last season, just so you remember, or you don't want to remember, but Calgary won the division. Then they were followed by San Jose and Vegas. Those three made the playoffs. Then you had Arizona just on the outside. Then Vancouver, the Ducks, Edmonton, and L.A. last place. So with that and some of the changes, Eddie's going to talk about some of the ads and subtractions of some of the teams and where he thinks these teams will fit out. So break it down, Eddie. Well, you know, I'll start off by the first place team and work my way down. I will, sk- uh, I will uh, skip the Ducks and we'll talk about that last because we're going to want to talk about the Ducks a little bit more than all these other teams. But starting off with the Calgary Flames, they had 101 points last season. They were first in the division. That was their best season since 1988. And that season, I believe they won the Stanley Cup and they had that, that, that good season. They were taken out by the Colorado Avalanche in five games, which I was my second team I followed was the Avalanche. I was happy about that. Uh, they did add uh, Cam Talbot and Milan Lucic to their uh, roster this season. They lost Mike Smith, Hathaway, and the not-so-real deal, James Neal. Mark Gino, Mark Gino, Gio, you know what? I don't even want to say his name correctly because he hurt Cam and yeah. Giordano. Yeah. He won the Norris last season. Good for him. But his age, I don't think he can sustain another season with that caliber of play. I, I can't see them finishing at the top of the standings. A lot of their players, their top players got hot and had career seasons especially players that you couldn't see having those career seasons. So I, I really don't see them sustaining that level of play all season. And to rely on a goalie like Riddick, he's a great goalie, and he, he did a great job stepping in. I, I can't see him spending full time. In, uh, he, he's a question mark. If he does, good. If he doesn't, who knows? Oh, correction. I think uh, Calgary had 107 points. Sorry about that. My notes are my, my writing's ugly. But back to that, I, I I don't know. He's a question mark about goaltending and, and defense. You have your Norris caliber defenseman going on 36, 37. I just don't know if he's going to be able to sustain that. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Um, I don't think they're going to be first place. And we'll go ahead and do our predictions after we cover the, the whole Pacific Division standings. And we'll, we'll go ahead and let you know our predictions for next season. But, yeah, I mean, that, that that's my take so far on the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I mean, I looking at this division, looking at these teams, I, I think uh, Calgary's still going to be up there. Um, you made some good points. I think they may not be first, but I still see them in the mix in the top three. I also see San Jose and Vegas still up there. Uh, as the teams battling it out for the playoffs. And then, you know, the teams that are kind of at the bottom, Vancouver, Edmonton, and L.A., those are the ones I see still hanging out down there. I don't know if L.A. is going to be last. I think they might be a little bit better. And in the middle, I I think the big part, I mean, we'll talk about the Ducks, I mean, kind of last or the most, but I think Arizona and Anaheim will be kind of those ones, Eddie, that are on the bubble. They might either just make the playoffs or just miss the playoffs. That's kind of how I'm looking at with, with the whole division. But I'm with you. I don't think you know, Calgary was the first. I don't see them being first, maybe second or third this uh, this season. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy. Um, so San Jose last season, I mean, they were second. So, like you said, uh, Calgary is just a question mark right now. The number two team, the San Jose Sharks, had 101 points last season. They made the playoffs. Uh, who they added, uh, well, let's skip that because I want to go who they, they subtracted. Pavelski, Donskoy, Nyquist, Braun. They, I, I don't know, they took away Pavelski, which was really questionable for me. He, he had a great season. 
And I, I know he's going to tear it up in Dallas. He, he, he's one of those players that's probably one of the best, if not the best, in the league of uh, those tip-in goals. He just has that hand-eye coordination to no matter how bad the shot is or the angle of the shot, he seems to get a piece of a stick on it and he scores. It's just nuts. I, I can't believe they let him go. Um, I, uh, they signed Eric Carlson to an eight-year extension. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's Eric Carlson. And he, he's going to be that caliber defenseman. He's going to be their all-star player. and I, I, you know, He's going to have a, a good season. What I'm really uh, banking on, and I say banking because it sounds kind of weird, but LeBanc, he uh he has that one year one million dollar contract and he's kind of out there to to try to you know prove something. So yeah, but one thing about San Jose, I want to finish off with San Jose. You know, yeah, as good as a the team they were, they won you know that second place. They were the worst in the league in save percentage with a point eight eight nine. Yeah, I mean, San Jose, like you said, they had some subtractions. I, I still think they're going to be up there, though. Uh, I still think they're going to make a run, at least in the top three of the division, uh, along with Calgary. Calgary, I think, though, might come down a little bit. have to see how they play. And then uh, I think you're going to talk about Vegas next. But I think uh, Vegas, they might be a contender to try to go for first in the division. Yeah, I'll go to speed up this a little more Pacific Division standing, so we don't really care about them unless your name's the Ducks. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they blew that 3-1 series lead and gave up those goals. You guys all know what happened. They didn't really add anyone of significance to their roster. They minus the Miller, Halla, Halla, my bad, Belmore, and Gusoff. They all are subtracted from their uh, from their roster. They're just going to go on with the roster they have, which they don't have a that bad of a roster. They have Petretti, they have Stastny, they have Carlson, um, Stone, he's a good player too. Um, they're going to be a playoff contending team, but I, I can see them slip down, you know, a little bit. Their goalie situation of uh, Mark Andre Fleury, if he's going to, you know, it's his age, is he going to be that that same caliber goalie they need? And, and Subban, uh, Subban's a, a great backup goalie, but I think he needs to start, you know, start filling in that that first that caliber goalie that that first starting role, especially when Flower decides to retire. So with Vegas, we're on to. Who was fourth? It's the Coyotes. Coyotes are really, really team that you're going to be looking to watch out for. They added Phil to throw Kessel, him and his hot dog or hamburgers or whatever he likes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his weird haircut, I like him. But he's cool. I, I love him. He's, he's one of those players that he just, wow. But yeah, he's uh, he's an offensive threat and he has consistency and that's what they need. That They need that consistency in scoring. They need players to build off that him to make the, the other players around him better. And I think he's going to bring that. They also brought in Carl Soderberg from the Colorado Avalanche. And he, he can play a second line center. He can go on the wing in the second line. He can also be a, one of those little silent players to go on the third line, a shut, down, a shut down third line, and he can play on the penalty kill. I mean, he had a great season last season in Colorado. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on him. They did l- lose Gachaliuk in panic this season. Um, they're going to be one of those teams that might surprise everybody and they're going to give a run for everyone's money and they might sneak into the playoffs. They're one of those teams that had, are, are going to be interesting to watch and you can't be mad at them trying, you know, getting into the playoffs. So up next, the Vancouver Canucks finished with 81 points, fifth in the division. They added JT Miller, Ferlin, Tyler Myers, Jordy Ben. They lost Hutton, Granlin, and Pulat. Um, I, I can't see them making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Markstrom really upped his game, and I think he's going to be their starting goaltender. and he, He's going to really uh, make a difference. It's just they add a lot of veteran guys to a team that they don't really know what, what, what's happening yet with their team. That, that, you know, they have a really uh, talented group with Besser and Pedersen. But to add that that caliber of veteran presence when you don't know what your team is, it, it, it's kind of still in the rebuilding phase. So I, I can't I can't see them making the playoffs. But yeah, like I said, we'll go over that in a little bit, and then we're going to talk about the sixth place team. Oh, we'll skip that because we we'll talk about that last because that's the Ducks, and then the seventh place team is the Edmonton Oilers. This team has Connor McDavid and Drysaddle. Those two are so fun to watch. They added Mike Smith 
Granlin, James Neal, and Yurko from Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it's just, uh, they lost Sakura, Ryder, Lucic, Ratty. Lucic is one of those players that just didn't fit in over there. I mean, he, he had one great season. I think he's going to spark up with, with the Flames, and he, he's going to add to their grit and toughness over there. So it's kind of sucks to see him go with players like Kachuk. And they also added Redondo. or is, Yeah, I think they added another grinding player. So they're going to be a tough team to play with a lot of skill. But they finished in seventh in the division with 79 points. They have uh, Tippett as coach now. He's more of a defensive style of coach. I don't know if that's going to work with, with their style of play. So I, I don't really see them going you know that much further. And then now we're going to go on to the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, they finished with 71 points, 8 in the, the division. They had a, they have Todd McClellan as the head coach. But they minus FNAF, which is which improves their team significantly. Uh, I I can't see them really doing anything. They signed Kovalchuk to this this big contract and expected him to be the Kovalchuk before he left to Russia, but he wasn't. He, they, you know, age catches up to us all. You can't get better while you age. Some people can sustain it, but you can't improve. I think they asked you know a little bit or expected too much of him. And then Jonathan Quick is one of those players that I think he's still on the block. I think the Kings are still in rebuild mode. They haven't really done anything to improve their team. Uh, players like Trevor Lewis and Austin Wagner, they're probably going to be bottom six players, but I could see them making you know, a significant jump in points productions. Uh, I'll be surprised if Quick still on the Kings come trade deadline this season, upcoming up season, because I think it's just going to go downhill from there. And I really think they need to to bank on on getting some draft picks and rebuilding their team, which yeah, I'm glad the Kings are on the bottom, but it kind of sucks because I, I like that competitive of the Ducks and Kings, and I always want the Ducks to be a little bit better, but I just uh, the Kings are, are 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 bad. And then now I'll jump to and we can we'll talk about this the Ducks. Ducks had 80 points last season, finished sixth in the division. Um, you want to start off with the Ducks, Mike? No, no, you're, you're going to talk about it, and then I'm just going to give a little overview of the division uh, the at the end. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because I thought my voice was getting annoying, but okay, here we go. They did lose Perry, which is, you know, it's significant because he's a, a cornerstone franchise player. They did get a new coach in Stolarz. I, I throw Stolarz out there because Gibson has injury-prone problems, and, and the I don't think there's a full season where we had, you know, Gibson play without being injured. And then Ryan Miller's up there in age, and we can't expect him to be the Buffalo Sabres Ryan Miller and expect him to handle a full-time, you know, goalie responsibility. I think he's going to be a great addition as a third goalie, and he might, you know, get a few games and win a few games for us and and have that, that I guess, stability as our quote-unquote wall and net. Uh, Kessler and Eves, they didn't really do much significantly last season, so I don't think losing them is really going to be a big blow to the team. Uh, Kessler's grittiness and the old Kessler, yeah, it had been a huge loss. And and just with Eves, too, when Eves first got traded to the Anaheim Ducks, he had instant chemistry, and I would love to see him, if he was healthy, what he could have done with the Ducks. And I guarantee our production and goals would have been up. Same with Kessler, but... I mean, the Ducks are going to rely on uh, what our coach said. The best players are, are going to play, and it seems like our youth players are making that step. And you mentioned Comtois, and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, like, advocating of him. But trust me, he doesn't pay me at all. I just love his style of play. A, a player that has that skill and can be that physical, it just, it's a perfect – that old-school mentality with a new-school flair, I want to I want to call it. Um. Yeah, Mike, if you want to just chime in right here, then I'll go ahead and give my prediction for the Western Conference, the playoffs, and then you can give yours. Yep, sounds good. Um, basically, uh, what you said, yeah, I, I just feel the same. I think the Ducks and Arizona are the two teams that are probably the most exciting to watch in the Pacific Division. Uh, like you talked about, they're both very young. Uh, obviously, with the Ducks, a lot of transition. As you mentioned, there's no more... Uh, Patrick Eves, Kessler's out as well as we know for at least uh, the season with him. 
Um, and the Ducks are going to have to rely on the youth. I mean, you look at that forward pairing, or, or at least the lines that we talked about, there's not a lot of senior players on there. I mean, you, you got you know still young guys like uh, Raquel and Silverberg are still younger players. Uh, you know, the most senior people you have on there really are Getzloff and Henrique, which, uh, you know, we had an article about Henrique and how he's going to have to help mentor as well on this team. But you have a very, very young forward group. And then on defense, we talked about, you know, the top four, uh, Lindholm, Manson, Fowler, and then who's going to take that that last spot. I think right now, I thought it was going to be Gooley the way he was playing those last preseason games. And obviously, of course, he got injured, so we don't know what exactly his status is. So maybe Larson jumps up there. But uh, for the Ducks, they just got to play better defense and play better regardless what goalie's in there, whether it's uh, Gibson or Miller or Boyle or Stolarz, whoever. They got they got to, you know, take care of the puck and not allow so many shots on goal. That was a huge, huge problem last season uh, that, that really sunk this team. And, I mean, the team ended up, you know, two games under 500, which, I mean, is not terrible. But you look at the goal differential. They were minus 52, which was – the worst in the division, except for the Kings. The Kings were minus 61. So that's got to improve. They've got to do something better uh, in terms of that and helping out their goalie and, and eliminating those second uh, opportunities. But like I said, I, I think the Ducks or Arizona, one of them could maybe squeeze into that third spot or a wild card spot. Uh, we'll have to see how the season goes. I still think Calgary and San Jose and Vegas will still be up there somewhere in the mix. And like you mentioned, uh, you know, the Kings, Edmonton not doing too much. Edmonton, I was kind of surprised, you know, they had done well before and then they, they fell down last season. So they might jump up a little bit. Um, but Vancouver and L.A., I don't see as much. So that's that's kind of what, you know, just a brief summary of the Pacific Division. I'm not going to uh, beat a dead horse about the Ducks because we've talked about the Ducks the last couple shows. But that's what we're looking at there. Uh, I know Eddie's going to mention a little bit about the Central, who he thinks will make it out of there and then uh i'll chime in a little bit on that as well yeah i think it's unfortunate and i have uh, nashville atop my list in the central boo i really think they're going to win the president's trophy as well they they're stacked they have matt duchene that can play that second that second line center which he's a he, he could play a first line role and matt duchene is the type of player that kind of makes everyone around him better he creates opportunities he, he can score. He can set up plays. He's just a really smart hockey player. And it was really unfortunate him going to Nashville. But I, I could see them taking number one in the Central. Uh, to round it off, I have Dallas at number two and Colorado Avalanche at number three. For the wild card spots, I have St. Louis getting in there. I think they're going to have a little bit of a hangover, which as they should, winning the Stanley Cup. I, it should be you know a little bit recovery time for as much as they partied. And then I have uh, Anaheim taking that second wild card spot. If they don't play their cards right, I think Arizona can steal it from them because, they're, like you said, they're a fast, young, and energetic team, and they're hungry. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the only other one I would throw in there, I know you talked about Nashville being up there again, which, of course, we all can't stand Nashville. I don't, I don't know what we can't stand more, the, the the Sharks, the Kings, or Nashville, but whatever. Oh, you know, Mike, you know, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I should not mention Nashville now. Now they're probably going to listen to this podcast and put a banner about because I said they're going to win this President's Trophy. Like, oh, Ducks the Ducks <laughs> said we're going to win the Trophy banner. Like, oh, man. Oh boy! All those banners. I oh, I love when all the Ducks fans make make jokes about those. What, oh my God, that's hilarious on social media when everybody just makes a banner to make a banner. It's hilarious. But yeah, you're right. Now that we said that, crap. They should hang one up. Whatever. But uh, <laughs> they'll they'll probably be up there again, like I like you talked about. I don't know if they'll they'll be first, but they'll definitely be up there in the central. Um, like you said, I think St. Louis might have a little bit of a hangover too. Uh, Dallas and Colorado are upcoming. Uh, the only other team I would I'd watch out for in the Central would be the Winnipeg Jets. Like we said, Patrick Liney's back on the team. He didn't go anywhere. Uh, Kyle Connor signed that big deal. You know they they've got a pretty good uh, core there, and they did well last year. You know they were one point shy of a hundred, so I, I could see them being in the mix as well. So. It's going to be exciting, though. I think the Western Conference will be fun to watch. Um, there'll be some teams that are going to be buying on the edge, like we talked about Arizona, the Jets, uh, the the Ducks, of course, as we said. And it'll be fun. And on the next show that we do, we'll talk a little bit about the East on that one. We'll, we won't cover it on this one. But we have just a little bit of a couple league news things to cover, and we'll wrap up the show. I know one thing that uh, Eddie and I both like is that uh, Green Day is now partnering up with the NHL. Uh, you know, what did you think about that, Eddie, and some other league news? 
their new song. A preview of it. A two-year promotional deal with Green Day. I love Green Day. I, that's like one of my favorite bands, and it's cool. Uh, they're going to have that song. Uh, it's a preview of that song. Is uh was re- released last night. But they're going to have, I guess, uh, a promotional thing with the NHL. They're going to have that song for every Wednesday night rivalry games, even though uh, some teams that play aren't rivals. But I, I love it. I think it's, it's good for the game. Uh, more more high-profile bands are really getting into hockey, so that's great. I can always, you know, kudos to that. As far as other league news... Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead. You're good. Oh, as far as other league news, we have Evander Kane was suspended three games without pay for abuse of an NHL official. This is kind of, like, weird to me. I, I don't like San Jose Sharks. We all know that. Uh, as far as uh, Mike doesn't like him either. I mean, many Ducks fans don't like him. But I think the real blame is to the linesman. Uh, Evander Kane was about to get his ass kicked from Ellengard from the Vegas Golden Knights. And he just kind of stepped in. And, like, if both guys are both adults, they're willing to go and drop the gloves. I mean, lucky for Kane, he he didn't because he would have got rocked. But I think the linesman is, is kind of the more to blame here. Yeah, Evander Kane... Went to slash the other player, accidentally inadvertently slashed the linesman. We can't fault him for that. I mean, Vermette did a lot worse when he intentionally hit the back of the referee to get his attention. I mean, we can't just play favorites because we're Ducks fans. we got to look at this, you know, as it is. I think the the referees and the linesmen, I think they're overstepping boundaries. And I know it's coming down from the NHL trying to reduce fighting. I think they're like, I, I, I'm saying this again, they're ruining the sport and the integrity of the game. It's only a matter of time in a few years where they're going to just ban fighting. And I think, I don't know if I can be a fan anymore if they're going to group the game like that. I mean, a three-game suspension is, you know, that's doable. He did make contact with the referee after the referee knocked him down. Regardless, you don't hit an official, you don't abuse him, as so the rule is called. So he is suspended three games. Another interesting thing, Josh Hosang of the New York Islanders was on waivers. This kid, I've heard from numerous Islanders fans, he's such an amazing player. He he thinks the world's against him, and he likes to to, to talk and thinks he's better than he is. And I think he's a locker room problem, and... Yeah, when you're someone like P.K. Subban, you can be a locker room prom because you have the skill to back it up. And any team will jump jump at you to get you. Him, he still you know, hasn't really broke out and made a consistency in the NHL. And, uh, I think he'd have a lot more success if he just shut the hell up and played hockey. I, that's my, my thing of it. Uh, moving on, the St. Louis Blues released their uh, Stanley Cup championship ring. It looks nice. I can't wait the Ducks to have their second one. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, check out St. Louis's page. They they pay tribute uh, to the players, to the city, to the little girl that was an inspiration to their city. Uh, the Senators, Scott Sobrin, the one that uh, Austin Matthews looked at his back jersey, like asking, like trolling him, like, who are you? He's making his NHL debut at age 27 against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So congratulations to him. I think... You know, at his age, being a rookie, he's not technically a rookie. He won't be considered a rookie, but he is. So I wish him the best of luck with the Senators. Speaking of Austin Matthews, um, he had a drunk incident happen in July where he and him and his friends thought it would be funny to uh, try to open a door of a female security guard's uh, car. And then he goes and pulls down his pants. Not like his like, exposing himself. He had underwear on, but he still pulled down his pants. And touches buttocks like, like yeah, I get it. You're young, you're drunk, and I'm trust me, I've probably done a lot worse than I'm drunk. <laughs> like man, call call the cops right here. I'll, I'll confess, but you're a professional athlete, and the way you acted, you just acted like an athlete. You didn't act like a professional at all. And then I get it. You know, we all do dumb shit when we're drunk. Sometimes people that do drink, but you lied and you hid it from your team and organization and they found out after uh, you don't deserve to be a captain at all and if the worst thing that toronto can do is put that c in your jersey and not because of your actions while you were drunk is your actions after you just try to like sweep it under the rug and act like no one was gonna find out and that's my only issue with that like i have no you know i get it you, you were drunk having fun you're a superstar you know i that's, that's cool but 
once you make a mistake, it takes a real person and a real professional to own up to it. Even as a man, like you are, are, are an adult. I mean, there's children that are five that probably own up to the mistakes telling their mom or dad what they did or they stole the cookie from the cookie jar. So that's enough with that rant. And lastly, to end the league news is Nashville. The Nashville Predators came up and posted their shoulder patch for the Winter Classic. So um, congratulations to the elementary school kid that drew up that patch. But <laughs> I don't even know if elementary school kid did that. I don't know, Mike. I sent you the picture. I think it's terrible. I, I think it looks just. I think it's ugly. Not because they're Nashville. I mean, because their Nashville looks that much uglier. But I don't know. What are your final thoughts on um, to wrap up the league news or any of the league news that we talked about? Yeah, I mean the 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 patch by Nashville is uninteresting at best. You know, it's just kind of average. It's I, I don't know. It's not terrible, but it's not really anything to me. But again, it's Nashville. You know, they'll probably hang a banner for having a patch now. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way that they do things, right? So, uh, you know, whatever with Nashville. But uh, you know, the one thing like you mentioned just in all that league news that kind of bothered me was the Austin Matthews thing. I mean. You know, you just yeah. These guys are young, and and you and I know you do stupid stuff when you're drunk. I mean, like you said, you've been there before. I've been there before. I'm sure people listening here have been there before. But you, you know, when you do stupid stuff, just just own up to it. You know, though that's the worst thing you can do. Stuff's gonna come out. Uh, there's all kinds of other news about people lying out and out out in the uh, the media right now. And I'm not. This isn't a political show or a, a world news show. I'm not gonna go into that. We'd stick to hockey. But I'm just saying that stuff happens all over the place and. In this day and age, it's you can't hide stuff. There's just social media is everywhere, and you know there's just there's you just mistakes will happen. I get that, and I can forgive someone for a mistake. But when you when you're caught with your pants down, and, and he literally was caught with his pants down, I mean, you just got to own up to it. Just own up to it and move on. Because the other thing is, is uh, as a society, at least in the United States, a lot of us, you know, something's big news now and then it's, you know, gone the next day. I, I don't know how it is in all the other countries, but at least here in the U.S., that's how it is oftentimes. So just own up to it and move on. So kind of an unfortunate situation there. But um, yeah, we'll wrap up the show. Another lo another long show, another uh, about an hour's worth of show. Just give a, a couple quick announcements here before we wrap it up. We, uh, like I mentioned before, we have a watch party at El Ranchito in Orange. October 4th, Columbus Day. I know some of you have it off. A lot of you want to go. Uh, it'll be at 10 a.m. Kind of crazy, but we we'll hope to see you there. Um, we do have uh, sponsors like we talked about. Uh, cool Hockey is back this season. If you want to join Patreon.com, you can get a gift card or win game tickets as well. Those are some things we're offering up on there. Uh, as well as some uh, Ducks and Pucks gear. Giving away uh, shirts on there too, depending on what you sign up for. Uh, we also have our new sponsors who mentioned earlier. Uh, if you're into hockey cards, check out bardownbreaks.com. Uh, and also check out On The Volley. Uh, they're the ones that do our current t-shirts. You can check them out at bit.ly slash gear. So make sure you check out all that stuff. Uh, like I said, I'll keep doing the show uh, most likely once a week, depending on how the news pans out. And with that, uh, let's hope the Ducks win the home opener. And let's go Ducks.